Natalie, newly Natalie Hunter. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Michael's wonderful. We love him. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really good to see you. And uh, yeah, we've been we've been talking for a while. <laughs> before turning the yeah, mic before on. we turn right exactly before we actually hit record ladies and gentlemen Allie and I are are good friends and we've we've been talking for quite some time and then we were like oh we should probably hit record and get this thing moving because we had a lot to sift through um but today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about energetics and energy and Natalie is a transformational coach who specializes in energy and energetics I've had a lot of sessions with you one-on-one that's been really profound and powerful in my life. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. Um, But most importantly, I think this is going to be such a great time for all of the entrepreneurs out there, coaches, people who are into the personal development world to learn exactly what this is in terms of energy, why they should know about it, and um, the patterns. You know, patterns are one of those things that are really big for human behavior. So with that being said, Natalie, talk to me about energy or energetics. What is it? Why is it important? Ah, energy. We all, we're energetic beings. Everything is energy. I first started studying energy with regard to human behavior back when I first got on stages. I started to public speak when I was in sixth grade. And then I had a career uh, in college and post-college, 10 years on a stage studying motivation. I was a motivational speaker and I started paying attention to audiences. What makes an audience motivated? What drains an audience? What gets you know an individual excited versus a group? Um, how does energy shift throughout a speech, a movie, um, you know, interactions? I started to pay attention to that in a spiritual context several years after that. So I found my first spiritual teacher about 14 years ago. So I started to study the process of transformation and human behavior within the lens of spirituality and eventually became a transformational energy coach, you know, putting all of that information together. And now I work with people one-on-one and I also train coaches on how to facilitate transformation as, um, you know, throughout my professional institute. Mm -hmm. So I have a coaching institute and I help, I support coaches in uh, learning how to hold space for energetic transformation and for spiritual transformation um, in their careers. And I think, you know, there's a lot of healers out there. There's a lot of leaders out there who are working with transformational energy and light, you know, energy that supports change and supports transformation. And then knowing then what to do with that just makes them even more effective as a facilitator of transformation. So when we're talking about energy, um, we look at it through the understanding that we are all made up of energy. We're all energetic beings. And you, I know from our sessions and our friendship too, identify with the belief that we are spiritual beings having a human experience here mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah. And with that, um, we are all light beings here operating within the context of a human body. 
And so that being said, we all have energy. We all have life force energy flowing through us. Your soul is here flowing through this human container. So that debunks this belief that we don't have energy because not only do we have energy, we are energy. And, you know, so many people, especially before they wake up, you know, are going, oh, I don't have energy. Oh, I'm, I have no energy. Yeah. Or I'm tired or exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But in actuality, we all have energy. We are energy. It's just a matter of where that energy is going. Where is that energy being appropriated in your energetic field, both consciously and unconsciously? So I help people tune into their energetic patterns and their unconscious energetic patterns are usually the ones that are running your life, whether you know it or Mm. not. Interesting. Is there a group of behaviors? And I think maybe this would be great because you were talking about the four core wounds of that, that happen with, within us or are happening in our lives. I'm assuming that's like what you were kind of leading into was what are these wounds that we possess or most of us, right? Yes. We all have patterns, energetic patterns, Mm. um, and they are either working for us or they're working against us, quite frankly. And before we wake up, most people in our generation um, are coming into this human experience with a certain kind of pre-programming of what it means to be human. Now, I'm speaking about this, like I said, with regard to our generation and above. Um, There are different energies and different soul um, levels of beings coming onto the planet now. They're a little bit different. But for most of us now, millennials and up and some Mm -hmm. Gen Zers, I see it in too. We have these core human woundings that we are pretty much born into with regard to a house of awareness or house of consciousness, as I would call it. And these four core human wounds are based on how we started to perceive life here on earth. And if you're on a spiritual path too, you know that that your soul sets certain things up for you. You know, beautiful contracts, soul contracts, beautiful lessons, pieces of this, um, you know, human curriculum, as we call it. You set up things, your soul sets up things for your human self to experience before you come to earth. But part of the gig is that we forget that we did that. We, before we wake up, we're operating, you know, asleep to our contracts and to our missions and to the things that we said we were going to do. And part of that forgetfulness, part of that process happens when we enter into this human experience. We come into the body. Part of the gig is that we go through this forgetfulness and this kind of like a sleep state in order to wake back up again, in order to experience enough discomfort and enough pain that we burst through the transformational stages to wake up again. And that's when we start our process of soul expansion, you know, consciousness, you're, you're operating differently within this human experience. But before that, many of us are operating under and with these, what I call four human wounds, these four human pillars of consciousness that we're born into. And I call this, you know, your, your, your house of consciousness, kind of the smaller house of consciousness that most of us are born into, we bust out of that 
and expand our consciousness once we become aware of these wounds and how we're operating, we become aware of these energetic patterns. That's how we start to, again, expand our consciousness. So eventually we start living in an expanded state, expanded awareness, um, expanding out and up and out of these wounds and these, these core pillars into a more expanded house of awareness and consciousness, which is what I help people do. And that's the that's process of, you know, mm. uh, waking up. Again, that's the process of transformation, soul expansion. You're expanding your perception of your humanness as well. Mm. But we, we start over here in this like, you know, more contracted state. Yeah, that's the and that's the core wounds you've been referring to. Yeah, think of it like an operating system that then okay. kind of program in a certain behaviors or energetic programs from these woundings. Mm. And they happen again when we descend from connectedness, um, pure love, pure light into the body, into this experience of being human and this illusion of separation here on the planet. Now, again, if you're on a spiritual path, you know, okay, we are all connected. We are all one. However, before we remember that, we are coming into the body. We're coming into the, you know, huge illusion of separation. And we do still live within that even after we awaken. We just operate differently because we know that our energy impacts others and impacts the whole um, more than we're aware of that before we wake up. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and, it's so fascinating to me because I think uh, these unconscious behaviors, these things that we're not aware of, a Absolutely. lot of times are doing more harm than good because we're not aware of them. And and I think one of the things when you were talking about this kind of building of a house, and you know what I what I find is in in terms of these core wounds, what are they? What are the four? How 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 much are they? And and how common is it? Are these like a majority or is this like, is this kind of like if we were to contextualize this into like scientific research, like these are the four buckets that people are doing yeah. unconscious things yes. to, them, <laughs> to themselves yes. or other people? Yeah. Yes. Every pattern, unconscious, unserving pattern mm. can be linked back to one of these four core human okay. wounds. And think of it like these are pillars in a house. Each of these four wounds. That's how I teach it in my programs. That's how we talk about it. That's how we pull it apart. You are born into this house. Imagine being, you know, born into a house, the first house you ever lived in. Imagine these four wounds are the pillars that you're born into. And again, this is mostly our generation, millennials and up, um, Gen Zers and below. Some Gen Zers are born into this house too, but there's a different... Um, you know, different soul group that's coming onto the planet now a little later than what came in when we were here um, because we were born to boomer generation parents. We were born to Gen Xers that are in a different, that were in a different level of awareness and a different um, level of consciousness. This is planetary. This is not judgmental. This is not talking about any kind of, you know, certain person. Um, we're talking about denseness on the planet, the level of consciousness on the planet. So we are born mm. into, especially our generation, we're born into this, uh, we came onto this planet at this time when the level of consciousness was what it was. Now, over the past 30, 40 years, 
the consciousness on the planet has risen. So there is a lighter field, a less dense field. So therefore the soul's coming in now may be born to more conscious parents that may not have had this same house of consciousness in place for their children to be born into. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah, it's so it's different. Yeah, so they're, they could have six pillars, essentially, <laughs> and we could have four. And, right, yeah. they may not even be operating from these pillars, though. So let me tell you the four pillars that might make more sense. Uh, yeah. Okay, so for the four pillars of, four core human pillars of, um, you know, awareness and consciousness that we were born into are, one, it's not safe, and I am not safe on this planet. Mm. Two, I am bad and I am wrong. Three, there is not enough. And four, I am alone. And Mm. these are from the process of separating from the whole of light and consciousness and pure love into the human body. So then coming into the human body, the brain starts to perceive a separation from God and from the light into this human body as wrong based on the brain, the human, the two hemispheres of the brain. So the two hemispheres of a human brain are, um, again, why we categorize everything as this or that, right or wrong, left or right, up or down, because we have those two hemispheres. And so essentially descending into this life, into a human body, will create certain perceptions of the way that human life is. So you are descending from the wholeness and separation, separating from God or consciousness down into the human body. There is a kind of a bucket we've got to put it in, either good or bad, right or wrong, as a, a human who's perceiving life on the planet, um, there is a feeling of I am bad and wrong that immediately is anchored into this human experience. Does that make sense? This you know, it's, feeling of evil. And for everybody out there, um, and including myself, this is like, this is really fascinating to me. And I'm sure you guys are finding fascinating too. So I, I do encourage you. And Natalie is one of the the most unique, powerful people that I've ever met. And this content that she's given you guys is is really amazing. And it's in speaking of the the four pillars of the house, the first things when I wrote it down was safety and not enough was like the two that like stuck out to me the most. And it was it's so crazy when I was writing this down and I'm looking at these and like the other one I was like, well, I don't really feel bad or wrong. And I don't really feel bad about alone or feel like that doesn't resonate with me, but the safety part and the not enough part. When people write these down and they start recognizing this, what do you see happens to them in terms of awareness? There's two things that happen. So these four core human wounds are here. Um, And people either develop then behaviors that are based on these core human wounds and that they are operating from it and it anchors mm-hmm. it in. So therefore, like, let's take, um, it's not safe. Um, there yeah. are then things that start to happen in their life where they immediately use it as evidence to categorize, oh, this planet's not safe. This planet's really, really not safe. So it gets anchored in. It gets anchored in more and more and more into the human consciousness. That neural pathway gets strengthened more and more and more. It's not safe. It's not safe. That was a big one for me. It's not safe here on this planet. It's not safe. I'm not safe. It's not safe. I'm not safe. 
um, I began mm. looking for evidence that I was not safe more and more and more because the certain things that would happen then would categorize it more and it would anchor that pattern into my field. So before I knew it, especially in my early 20s, I was unconsciously looking for, scanning for things all the time. I was scanning um, to make sure I was safe all the time. I was scanning for threats. I was perceiving anything as a threat. Um, I was spending a lot of my unconscious energy looking for that because that pattern was playing out in my field. Versus mm. now, I take in an external stimuli. I've expanded past that. I've done a lot of work to expand past this, to work on this and go through the six stages of transformation that I teach. Um, so that now... When something happens in my field, I don't necessarily immediately assume I'm under siege or I'm under attack or I'm not safe. I can take hmm. in that data differently because the energetic pattern is not there. But before the energetic pattern was shifted, so many things in my life were based on that pattern. I love where you're going with the safety aspect because the first thing I think about is like this confirmation bias of it's not safe. And then I go looking for things to confirm that I'm not safe. Uh-huh. And, and like, and when you say that out loud, or at least when I say that out loud, it's kind of like, that's not serving me at all. That's not making right. me feel like I can create abundance or create the things that I want, especially in like business or my relationships. And for you, when somebody has the energy of safety or lack of safety, do you, how do you deconstruct that belief for them? How do you help them transform from the place of I'm no longer safe? Because how you did it was beautifully articulated. But for someone who's coming to you and saying, Natalie, I don't ever feel safe. Everywhere around me feels unsafe. And I need you to transform this behavior so I can go from the thoughts of feeling unsafe to the thoughts and feelings of the embodiment of safety. How do yeah. you transform people? Well, yeah, first of all, before most people don't usually know that that's the underlying pattern or feeling. The unconscious behavior, right. got it. They don't yeah. know that's the unconscious belief. So uh, pattern beliefs create pattern behaviors. Where I support mm. people, some people do have the belief and awareness. That's great. But where yeah. I really support people is when they come in, I help them look first at the behaviors. So I help people track their behaviors and then we can link them back to each of these four core human wounds. And sometimes they link back to more than one core human wound. But the mm -hmm. honing in on the behaviors is really where we can create change. You know, there's a lot of belief here in the spiritual world, spiritual community, that we can rewrite our limiting beliefs. I'm here to tell you that that will not hold until you pull apart the behaviors till you pull apart how those beliefs have shown up in your life, how you pull apart what you've been doing as a result of those beliefs. Does that make sense? Mm. So pattern yeah. beliefs, which are the four core human beliefs, those four core human wounds mm. do create patterned behaviors. So then I help you pull apart those behaviors and then we link it back to the beliefs. But to actually anchor in a new belief, you have to change the behavior. So pattern beliefs create pattern behaviors, but new behaviors help you remember, anchor in, and create and expand into those new beliefs. Got so it. So a lot of people are trying to bypass yeah. this work. Um, and this is what we call spiritually bypassing, where they're trying to bypass the pulling apart of the behaviors, getting honest about their behaviors, getting clear, feeling the impact their behaviors have had on themselves and others. That's a biggie in my work. It's like looking at the ripple you sent out as a result of 
engaging with this behavior in so many ways in your life, so thoroughly. I call that the horrification effect when you're when you're in the horrification mm. of what ripple yeah, you've been yeah, sending yeah. out. It's a huge motivator right. for change. But that actually gets you through the six stages of transformation to then make a new cha- make a new behavioral choice. Okay, you're conscious of this fear, this potential fear to run your life. And you're going, oh, wait a second. That's not actually what I want to create, not actually what I what I believe, but I'm trying to create a new behavior. Um, you consciously choose a new behavior, then you know this whole new process starts to then help you anchor in that new belief. So you're not actually going to believe something new until you have that evidence too here in the physical that you are safe. Does that make sense? Is there a, is there a common thing that you see in terms of the be of a behavior? Like, can you give me an example of of something that um, you've seen often where you rewire the the behavior piece, or at least dissect the behavior? Yeah, let's go to another one, another human wound too, so I can talk about the other side of it. So, like yeah, another one, please. I like I really see a lot of is I am bad and wrong. Okay, mm, so the guilt, the guilt piece. Yes, yeah. I am bad and wrong, and this again stems from the deep spiritual like separation from God where we perceive then that we are separate from God and therefore we are somehow bad. We are wrong. We've done something to be separate from God. Again, this is all the forgetfulness. Mm. I'm not saying this is based on capital T spiritual truth. I'm saying this is based on the lowercase human T truth experience of humaning. Okay. So we separate from God and all of a sudden we are thinking, I am, I am different. I am bad. Okay. So then things start to happen in your childhood where you are be engaged on right or wrong. Okay, you're doing good, you're doing bad. Um, Most of the time we start anchoring in that I am bad, I am wrong um, as characteristics, okay? But the other side of that that also can happen from these core human wounds are what I call the inverse patterning where Somebody may at some point, you know, receive that stimuli like you are bad and wrong and they may flip it and go, you know what, I'm not and rebel against that and create a different pattern, the inverse patterning where they then, um, and I see this sometimes around, you know, people, some leaders, et cetera, spiritual ego, maybe they've been told they're bad their whole life. At one point they hit a point where they're like, this is, yes, I'm not wrong. I'm actually right. Or something happens to help reinforce that. Then they start kind of living in this inverse, which is, to look down on everyone around them, feeling like they are better than everyone else. That ego kind of grabs onto that Mm. old wounding and flips it. You see what I'm saying? So either one of these can create an unserving behavioral pattern in your energy field. And that's what people feel from you as a leader, somebody who's out there interacting with, and not even just a leader, somebody who's out there interacting with other humans on the planet. People can feel an inverse patterning as well. Yeah. It's like the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. It's like the chip on the shoulder, right? Like it's like that whole thing of, you know what, I've been bullied my whole life. You actually see this a lot in, um, in, in people in who are building these startups Yeah, and they've been told that they're, they're not good enough to receive the massive amounts of funding, or they're not good enough to build a product on their own, or they got screwed out of a deal, like with their previous, partner and they're building something now and they're on this like kind of F you mission, right? Like I'm going to show you what I've done. And it's interesting. The word I wrote down when you were talking was like reprimand, like that that rebellious behavior of reprimanding. It's when you don't feel good enough. It's usually because you've been told you did something wrong. And from my understanding of what you're saying is, is like that reinforces 
a wound that's already been there for you that hasn't been activated yet. And when someone reprimands you over time because of the your soul's path, that that wound actually shows up and it fosters and grows. And then behavior, am I getting this? It sounds yes. like I'm... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. There's so many myriad. <laughs> Just different, to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many yeah. different ways that these um, wounds can show up in behaviors, though. So that's where yeah. I like to geek out because I'm like, okay, let's look at the behavior that's not serving you. Let's look at be- at what is not working in your life, and that's where I start mm. with people in our transformational energy work. We're like, okay, what's going on in your life? Where do you feel most stuck? Where do you feel like you're most frustrated? I.e. what's not working for you in your life? What energy pattern is happening here is what I help you discover um, that is not working for you, first of all. Everybody knows for the most part, you know, where they want to go, where they want to be. But if you don't look at and get really honest about where you are right now, what's happening right now, what behaviors are playing out in your life right now, even if you manifest, you know, what it is that you're wanting to create, you won't be a full energetic match for it to be able to hold that in your field, right? Because you've got these other underlying energetic patterns. So you will sabotage, you'll lose that money, you'll lose that relationship, whatever it is. Even if you call it in for a minute, you won't be able to hold it energetically because of these other patterns that are running. So that's where I help oh, people transform their energy, transform their consciousness through the six stages. And I, I'll, I'll take you through those too. Um, yeah, please. To help create a new behavior, but it actually is what then helps you actualize these true capital T beliefs. You know, I know a lot of spiritual teachers out there that are teaching spiritual truth and it's beautiful and accurate, but there's still a disconnect for some people in their audience and they're not sure why they can't adopt that as capital T truth in their life too. Why aren't they living this? You know, if I know that everything here is abundant and everything is energy and I can have whatever I want, why don't I? Well, there's an energetic pattern running in your field or many that are creating the opposite unconsciously. So we have to look at that. And again, it's not just the beliefs that we go to to rewire, it's the behaviors that you have set into motion in your field that are rippling out of you that we need to lovingly look at and shift. That's what really needs to transform. And then that transforms your energy. Your energy expands. You become more loving. You become softer. You become smoother. And you become a match. And you can hold the things you want. When you were talking about that, I see this a lot with people that practice manifestation or abundance practices. And they're like, I'm asking for like $10 million. And then they do this whole visualization where they're like holding their hands out and then they're receiving it. And then immediately they get the money and then it just disappears. It just goes away from them and they can't figure out, they can't hold the space of it. You and I were talking about the energetics of money being one of those things where it's it's kind of dicey. It's a little like tricky and it's a very powerful energy. And I think not having healthy money behaviors Uh or patterns with that is really something that I think a lot of people struggle with, especially with since COVID happened, that changed a lot of people's spending habits, changed a lot of people's income habits. It changed a lot of people's priorities. I love to get your perspective on you know, what you see or or feel about the energetics of money when it comes to human behaviors and patterns. Absolutely. Money is, a, money is an illuminator. Money is an expander. And money is a strong mm-hmm. energy. 
So money's going to show you too where your patterns are, whether you want to look at it or not. It's going to give yeah. you that feedback, right? Like you you said, you know, even if you attract that money in, you're going to lose it right away because you're not an energetic match to hold it, right? It's just mm. expanding you in your awareness to see that. And so, um, you know, I, I believe money is a construct or a constant of this human experience. And it's something that we it's built into everyone's human curriculum here on earth. It's something we get to work with, right? It's something that we get to uh, play with. Um, We get to have lessons around, you know, it's constantly showing us where we have work to do and maybe where we have a fear or where we have an unserving behavioral pattern. We just have to be willing to look at that um, in order to achieve and hold those money goals, those money intentions. So it's always, again, look at your desires. They're inviting you into a closer look then at your current behaviors that you may be aware of or not aware of yet that are working um, in in the opposite of your desire. Yeah, it's like Bringing a magnifier of your behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's like the magnifier of a behavior. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's it's so fascinating. One of the things that I've seen also um, with energetics and especially with patterns is in you see this in love mm-hmm. a lot. You know, people dating the same people over again. You see yes. like relationships where you see people hanging out with the same people from high school, and yep. there is no evolution. There's no growth or change in that group, but they can't feel like they leave those people, even though maybe those people running with the same crew that they ran with 20 years ago or even 10 years ago is not getting them to where they want to be. So that creates the conflict aspect. Um, I think with it, kind of this magnifier of behaviors, you know, is there another thing that you see specifically that magnifies behaviors besides money? Is it um, maybe something in relationships or something in? Yeah, go ahead. I would say it's it's discomfort. You know, the things in your mm. life that are uncomfortable to you are showing you something. Not in the discomfort sense that like, you know, you, you're needing to grow. I'm talking about the things that in your, in your life, like, you know, because what I mean is like when you are an entrepreneur, you're out there creating something, doing something. Yes, it's always going to be a little uncomfortable as you're stretching yourself sure. and growing yourself. Um, that's what That's a different kind of discomfort that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the things in your life that are off in your life that you know are off the patterns you like you said the patterns you keep reliving you're getting some awareness on consciousness on or things you know you need to do things you know you need to fix but you are and you're uncomfortable around you're uncomfortable about them you're in a significant amount of discomfort around this or with this but you're numbing yourself to that discomfort so mm. i would challenge people who are like oh yeah i guess i'm you know i'm not that uncomfortable about anything, you know, I'm comfortable, I would say tune in a little bit closer because chances are your soul is trying to get you to expand this, but your human self is not wanting to look. You're not turning to look at it in the light and see what there is to see. Um, And, you know, sometimes people get away with that type of behavior until you get hit with what I call a spiritual two by four, which is a, a huge piece of, you know, life altering something in your life that happens to get your attention about a behavior or get your attention about something that you've been doing that is time for it to shift. Um, I see this a lot with my leaders. I see this a lot with people who are um, here to do big things. They're here to reach a lot of people. They've got a big soul contract and mission to reach a lot of people. Therefore, they are um, no longer able to delay the lesson that they are supposed to be learning around this particular thing 
in order to get them to the next level of expansion so they can reach those people they said they'd reach on a soul contract level. So I see this a lot. I call it the spiritual two by four. Um, We always look Mm -hmm. at these with compassion. They are very jarring to the humans when we go through it. Very jarring to our human self, our nervous system. Change actualization process requires a lot of love, a lot of compassion, whether it's a change you saw coming or a change you didn't see coming. Um, and so, you know, we look at it all with love, but we know, especially in the transformational energy business here, we know that it's happening to push your soul to the next level. It's happening mm. because there are things in your life that absolutely need to shift now. Your human self has been delaying it a little too long. So it could be, it could be anything, you know, any kind of message that is, um, you know, coming through almost like shockingly getting your attention in that way, I would always say is, you know, comes with the question as well, what is this trying to show you? What is this offering right. you a chance yeah. to look at? What is this, what doorway are you being pushed through right now in your life? Mm. It, oh God, it brings up like so, there's like so many things I, <laughs> I want to ask you right now, which is a very good sign that we're, we're trending in the right direction. Um, something I'd, I'd love to segue, and this is kind of more of a, a personal um, inquisition into this is about intuition. So, you know, and just to share with all of you, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for about five years at the time of recording this, entering 24, going into my fifth year, which is really great. And one of the things that I have struggled with specifically in business, I hope some of you out there um, maybe, maybe have the same question I'm about to ask Natalie. When it comes to intuition in business, I always get into this conflict within myself of not knowing what it, that gut feeling or what the right thing to do in terms of what in alignment for me. And, and I, and I want to correct this. this. Isn't it a morality thing? This is more of going after clients or doing business with certain partners. I sometimes kind of get stuck into this little situation where I'll be like, is this in alignment with me? And am I just being comfortable and just saying it's in alignment with me? Or is this uncomfortable because, you know, maybe there is a good amount of money on the table, but I feel uncomfortable with or something about the people bothers me or something about this deal doesn't feel right. There are times in my business where I feel like I'm not really sure if the decision I made was a intuitive decision or it was a um, scared decision, a Mm -hmm. fear decision, a pattern decision. Yeah. Talk to me about intuition. Like, you know, and you can use me as an example, please Absolutely. feel free. Absolutely. Great example. Yeah. So yeah. I in in what you just said, am I doing something that's in alignment with me? I would ask mm-hmm. you, I would ask you to get a little more specific in what you're wanting to create alignment with. Are you wanting yeah. to create alignment with your, you know, human mm-hmm. self as is right now? Or maybe um are you create this is a, kind of a tough question, tough love way to say it. Are you wanting to create more alignment with this level of you that's comfortable here? Are you wanting to create more alignment maybe with that fearful part of you? Are you wanting to create more alignment with your expanded highest self for your highest and greatest good and the highest and greatest good for all beings that you interact with? Your highest purpose, your highest soul mission. Is that the energy from which you're making decisions? Like that's the first question to ask yourself. Not just, is this in alignment with me? Because there's a lot of different things happening all at once, you know, to create you, um, you, the mic that's sitting right in front of me. But if you're saying, I want to create a decision that is intuitively in alignment with my highest and greatest purpose on this planet, my highest and greatest service to others, 
what does this feel like and look like then? So like, that's the first question. What are you, what are you wanting to get in alignment with when you create this? Not just, is it in alignment with yeah. me, but is it in alignment with, you know, my purpose, that kind of thing. That's the first thing to look at. Does that make sense to start with like right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I want to, I want to share with you more. So, perfect. so like, for example, um, there have been times in my career where I go, if I do this because the deal makes sense or the money looks good, um, it will work out in the end where I'll be aligned with the right people and be in the right rooms, if that makes sense. So I'm like focusing on like this money's going to actually create the result that I want on the back end. And what happens with that in the past when this has happened is that I end up prioritizing the result of the money that's going to come into my business and the profitability of it over like seeing things that maybe don't really work for me. But I'm willing to like gloss over that because I'm like, oh, it's all going to work out in the end so I can do this. Okay. So, and so does that make sense? Yeah. So I would say, what is the part that was not working for you or the part that felt not in alignment in that moment? Yeah, I would say the the people or the the people, um, the work, like the the message or the mission. Um, it, it wasn't that the mission or the message was bad. It was just like, I didn't resonate. I didn't feel aligned to the message. But it was like, oh, yeah. the money's good though. This, this would really help out my company. So maybe if I do this, it's going to get me a more of a project or a show I can work on that will be more in alignment with me. So it kind of like, it was almost like neutralizes the whole thing where it's like, here's one show I don't really like the message on and compared to a show that I really like work on, but it's fair and equal across the board because, well, the money's good. Okay. And I, I got stuck in that early in my career. Like this was my first year in business. I was just taking, saying yes to everything, right? Didn't matter what it was. I was like, just saying yes. Okay. Um, and I struggled with that. Yeah. So what, this is a great scenario to, to look at. So yeah. what then What then created the struggle? What felt like that struggle to you in that scenario? Yeah, I think it was, um, I felt like I was selling out. I felt like I was being torn apart with doing what's good for the business and what's good for me. Okay. You know, because I had people that were working with me and working for me. So it created I was this trying to feeling. do what was best for the team. Yeah, and it created this like thing where I was like, I felt like I was giving something up or sacrificing this, like a okay. feeling to like, I wanted to take care of these people that were working for me. Like I cared about them and I, they were doing such a good job for me that it was almost kind of like I was sacrificing my almost like my well-being and my my mental and physical yes. health and also just taking the money being like, I'm just going to take care of everybody. We're going to be fine. It's all going to, we're going to grow because of this. And then I can like worry about my health and well-being and my, um, you know, a b better show or a better project or a better partnership in the back end. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if I was coaching you, I would be asking questions yeah. to get to this, but just to kind of cut sure. right to it, what yeah. would be the, if you were looking at these four core human wounds, what wound do you think may have been playing out the most when you were making the decision to jump into these business partnerships? Well, good thing I wrote them down because I would have no idea. Perfect. I mean, I knew what I, I did know this, but just to write them down, um, I think it's the not enough. Uh huh. Yeah. So I would agree. That's always been a big one. That's I would agree. I would me. agree. So yeah. there's something in the field, in your field, that's telling you mm -hmm. there's not enough on this planet. There's a scarce 
scarcity of resources here on this planet in some way or shape or form. And that again is normal for a human belief coming right onto the planet. We are coming Mm. into this illusion of separation where my body ends here, your body begins there. That is the, the, the illusion of separation. And that makes us understand, you know, conceptually at a young age that there is limitation here on earth. And mm. so that's fine. You know, we, we don't judge these core human wounds. We're like, oh, yeah, this is how we perceived life. So it makes sense that things are set in place then around life and how you make decisions that are based on this understanding. Okay, there's not enough. I need to take this right now for the business. Um, I need to take this to support the team versus making a decision And that's the thing about intuition. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to the mind. But, you know, the the opposite of this would be making a decision that isn't based on that wounding, but is instead based on a knowingness and and a creation with God, with the universe, that that another possibility is here in the field for you to draw in. And so Mm. um, I would say... Okay, so let's look at it this way. This is what I'm being guided to ask you now. If you were yeah. presented those same, this is, you said four or five years ago. So if you were yeah, presented- Yeah, this is like very early, yeah. So if you were presented those same choices now, knowing what you know now, knowing how that would make you mm-hmm. feel to go into that decision point, that business uh, choice, what would you do now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so much of what I've learned from that experience specifically was that if you do what you feel is in alignment with you and you want to work on the shows that you want to work on, the clients you want to work with, the projects that you want to work with, it'll all work out in the end from the monetary aspect too. Mm-hmm. But it will. But prioritizing the fulfillment and the joy and the understanding of that work um, and what feels good to you would be it, it, to me, I I would prioritize that because I know in the long run, I could create more revenue, more opportunity, more jobs. Um, I would feel good about doing that. That was the lesson that I learned. So how did you, um, le- how did you learn that? Well, I learned I, well, I, well I'm not exhausted. <laughs> like okay. So my you did last something two years in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Like my last two years in my result. business. Yeah. Like I, I would say, you know, it's interesting, Nally. I would actually say, that I physically didn't feel exhausted over the last oh. like probably two years. I've been like re I've been energized. It's been consistent. Um, I remember the, like the first year there was like you know the kind of the first year entrepreneurial blues. Like you're excited, yes. but you're just riding highs and lows. Right. There were times where I woke up, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I can just go get a job somewhere. But it was tough. Um, now it's all about like I'm excited, I'm enthusiastic, and I don't okay. feel tired. Okay, so that's from making different decisions that then showed you the opposite. Perfect. So Mm -hmm. what you did is you went through the six stages of transformation, maybe even unknowingly or unconsciously. Some people do. In our work, we guide them through it consciously. But you went through the six stages unconsciously, which are one, to see what you did, two, feel the, the... impact it had on you. So like you just articulated, you you had that heaviness, that feeling of being out of alignment, that extra tiredness when you made this decision that was based on that wounding, right? Mm. And so that is the feeling. So the first stage is you have to see um, what you've been doing. The second stage is you have to feel the impact it's had on you and others. The third stage is desire to change it. 
Now, these I'm listing these six stages out right now, but the in order one, two, three, but they're actually one, two, and three are actually interchangeable. Some people come mm. to me feeling discomfort and they don't know why. So then we have to help them see. Okay. Some people come to me seeing what they've done, but they haven't felt what it, the impact it's had on their field. And some, uh, if you're seeking out um, change or coaching in some way, most people already have a little bit of a degree of, of three, which is the desire to change it. But some people out in the world who maybe aren't seeking coaching or trying to change, they don't have three. So they may be seeing how uncomfortable it is or seeing what they're doing, um, fe- yeah. and that's not serving them, feeling how uncomfortable it is, but have no desire to change. Okay. And they're like just living life and doing it. But a lot of people who seek coaching and seek transformational um, support have at least some degree of three already. But one, two, mm. and three have to um, are, are interchangeable and they you have to have enough of each to push you into stage four, which is being willing to make a new choice. So you can see um, and you can feel and you can maybe have a little bit of desire to change. But if all three of those are not high enough levels-wise, you're not going to have a, a willingness to make a new choice. But, and then five, which is the actual making of the new choice in the transformational process, right? But you and telling me this had all of those first three, which propelled you into willingness to make a new choice. So then when a new choice was presented to you about what deal to take or not take, you made a different choice, which then created that different result in your life, which created slash helped you remember slash helped you anchor in that new healed belief, which is, oh, there is actually more than enough when yeah. I make choices that are in alignment with, you know, my highest and greatest good or what my soul is a yes to and expanding into, then I'm going to um, have better results, right? That's the belief. So it's like, mm. that's what's getting anchored in versus trying to anchor in a new belief without going through the, the transformational process. That makes sense? That's interesting. Yeah. I feel I feel whole and complete now. I feel <laughs> this is great. I mean, you did that was fantastic. And you know, as, as we're coming up on the last segment of the, of the the episode today, and again, like Nally, you are you're so powerful. You're one of a kind, and I oh. really love learning from you, and I love listening from you, and and thank you so much for your time, and thank you for just even like listening uh, to this this kind of that personal dilemma that you know at, at times where even though I know. Like I know what feels more in alignment to me. It's so interesting when you get the breakdown of that from a behavior aspect. Yes. It kind of feels like, oh, that's why I did it. It was like an unconscious thing, fear, and I was scared. And now operating more in an operation of abundance. And there's a caveat I wanted to share with everybody here. Just because you're aware of the behavior, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nally, just because you're aware of the behavior, um, that doesn't mean it never happens again. It doesn't Correct. mean that you get thoughts of wound, your wounding doesn't come up. It doesn't Correct. mean that your thoughts, right? It it comes back, this but is, the awareness piece, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this please. Is stage, this is stage six. Yes. Yeah. So this is perfect, perfect, perfect segue. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Didn't mean to cut you off, but just it's so exciting. No, 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 please. No, but, it, but, it, but it's, yeah, right. But it's, it, and, and like for me, it's, it's the wounding will always come up even if you're aware of it the anxiety will come up the the things will happen but just know that if you're aware of it that you can course correct and i would add and, to that yeah it's going to come up but from a different level of consciousness so mm. you're already expanded past that so the um so stage 6 is progression around your circle of healing with this so i have mm. um in my training manuals we talk about 
um, the expansion process of human awareness and human consciousness. And it looks like a tornado vortex going up. In the very beginning at the bottom, when you're working on a pattern, um, it feels like it's everywhere. You're banging into it everywhere, you know, like the very bottom Mm. tightest part of a tornado. But then as you progress around that uh, circle of healing, you come around to that particular wound or curriculum in your field, in your in your life, you come around to it again, but from a more expanded level of awareness, yeah. right? You're mm. going to, all of us have certain lessons we've signed up for on this planet, okay? We've signed up for, you know, abundance, um, you know, 101, 202, 303. We've signed up for, you know, relationship yeah. and love and vulnerability 101. You get what I'm saying. So those are yeah. pieces of everyone's human curriculum and everyone's got different aspects of that. Okay. Different lessons they're learning as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a spouse. Like these different lessons are part of or what make up everyone's unique soul and human curriculum on the planet. Um, but you're going to come back around to these things in your life again and again, but from a different level of awareness, okay? So Mm. you come back around to this particular wound again, but more expanded around it, you're going to see it ahead of time. Like I said earlier about this, um, you know, feeling like the world's not safe. If something happens now, I can see it further away and catch it sooner and make a different choice sooner than I would have when I was at the bottom part of the, my awareness around it, the con- my consciousness around it. You know, this is the field of expanding consciousness, the field of expanding awareness. You are able to see things um, more spaciously, respond differently because you've got a little more lead time and awareness around it, right? From yeah. your expanded consciousness. So this is a beautiful process that I love to support my clients to get to is that expanded place in the behavioral change model where you're going, oh, I see Mm -hmm. that I could make this change or I could make this choice to make this decision based on fear. I know that that human pillar is in the field, but I've also expanded past it so I can make a different choice should I choose to right now. And then you do. And then that anchors in the belief, you know, the new true capital T belief more and right. more and more. But you, it's a constant Man. progression with these yeah. lessons for each of us until we leave the body. Hmm. So yes, Dang. you will still see certain things, <laughs> but yeah. you'll see it from a different level of awareness and consciousness. That's, yeah, that's well said. Beautifully, beautifully said. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your facilitation and for your guidance around that. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it, ling- you know, it still comes up from time totally. to time. It still lingers. And uh, I, I find that in this specific segment to recognize that that's okay. Yes. And that's okay to have those, you know, that core wounding come up. It's okay yes. to have those things and it's okay to move through it. And it's okay to progress. And the, I think that was beautiful. The secret ingredient said. is love. The secret ingredient yes. is compassion right there. I call right, it my yeah. energetic WD-40 is compassion. It allows you to change faster when you're not beating yourself up for seeing those things like you just said. Yeah, it's so good. And as we wrap up today, um, again, you're one of a kind, Natalie. You're absolutely wonderful and you're helping so many people with your work. So thank you for spending your time with me on the show today. Every single guest that comes on the show, we like to ask them this one question. And it's around authenticity. And so, Natalie, what does living your truth mean to you? 
Well, for me, I would go back to the intuition question that you were asking earlier. Um, How do I know I'm following my intuition and living my truth? Um, For me, I choose things that are going to expand me. I choose things Mm -hmm. that are different than what I've lived before. Um, For years, I would wake up and especially in the, you know, probably mid part of my spiritual journey, um, I would wake up for years every single day as an entrepreneur and choose intentionally to expand that day. I would choose behaviors that were expansive. I would choose experiences that were expansive, that were a little scary, that were outside of what I would normally choose, but that felt expansive in my soul. I actually created a tool in my intuition course called the decision-making tool to help me decide what would expand me and breathing into the more expansive choice for myself. And I think for those of us who are here to create change on the planet, we have a responsibility to live from that expanded state, um, to choose love, to choose to be vulnerable, to choose those things that maybe don't make sense to the human mind all the time, but that are still grounded and expanding us into a new experience or new way of seeing or feeling or being in a day or a, a year, a lifetime, a just, you know, whatever it is, time, what is time? Time is, you know, made up construct of this human experience. So I think living your truth can transcend that time and space as well. Um, when we're choosing things that are going to expand us and invite us into that expanded soul self that we truly are underneath all the wounds and the patterns. A beautiful definition and an incredible way to end today. Natalie Hunter, thank you so much for all of the work and just for being an amazing friend and for spending your time with me today. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning into this week's episode of Live Your Truth Now. If you like what you saw, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And you can also listen to the audio version of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week. Take care.